0: Sessions podcast episode 117. Hey, Matt's here with B BPAMP, how's it going with you? I'm doing well. Is, is Jonas Valanciunas number 17? I think he is. That's a great number 17. A fantastic number 17. I'm trying to think who else in history has been 17. I can't think of anyone that would be cooler than Jonas. He is impressive to me because when I was watching the playoffs, I think it was um, one of the early games... In their first rounds, when they're or when they were playing the Jazz, I think mm-hmm. he just was like on fire, and he has like a really interesting game where he just kind of like he's very high energy and aggressive when he's going for rebounds. He's fun to watch play. Yeah, and he has he has times where he is like really offensively pretty dominating. Yeah, um, and if you stick, you can't stick a little guy on him no he's one of the few players in the league right now who will like really punish you for doing something like that yeah he'll he'll be at the rib very quickly um all right this episode we are rounding out talking about the the decade that was the 2000s uh for the folks at home the episodes our last four episodes have been about this We've covered the best action movies, the best comedies, the best TV shows. And our last episode was about the best albums of the decade. And now for this episode, we're doing the best video games. This is a tough decade for video games because there really were so many systems. There were a lot of like graphical changes. I feel like especially from 2000 to 2009. It might be the biggest leap from beginning to end. I bet it is. Yeah. Because i also i feel like it was the decade that was most about strongly about graphics uh, because I, th- I think now the graphics on some games are like unbelievable but it's but i don't think that's actually the driving force of a lot of games anymore like people don't care quite as much no there's a now it seems like they're go, they're all, video games are almost going for like indie movie cred with like interesting storylines is what i notice, other than like the big marquee games like nintendo games and stuff but like because those are still about i think those are more pure video games to me Mm -hmm. um but now it's on like the xbox one and ps5 is that what it's on like those systems games like the really acclaimed ones are almost like movies that you're playing yeah it's also like what this decade covered like and this is kind of crazy to think about this span but like 2000 is kind of toward the end of the Nintendo 64 so it feels like a pretty old system but then by 2009 you're talking about like games on your smartphone like that's it's right big big gap yeah it is and it was, that's why was so much fun to think about all those games because I played a lot of them and I liked a lot of them yeah uh, before we jump into that though Uh, I have a whiskey. I have another one from California that I want to try out because the last one I had from California was that peanut butter whiskey screwball, which I gave the boot and I decided right away, like this can't be the representative from California. So the one I have right now is called redwood empire. It's got a kind of interesting label. That's um, awesome. Um, It is a pipe dream. Is the name of it. It's a bourbon whiskey bottled in Sonoma County, California, which I think when you and Lisa were here, did we go to Sonoma or Napa? I think it was Sonoma, right? So I almost positive it was Sonoma. Yeah, it was Sonoma. Oh, because we also went up to Santa Rosa to go to Russian River, which is yes, Florida also. Which so, was awesome. You've been to Sonoma County before, so this is where that's from. Um it's uh They've got a, a couple of references to John Muir, who's known as, uh, they refer to him, and I don't think it's false to say, but known as the father of our national parks. And we've certainly got a lot of national parks around here. Um, but yeah, I've uh, I've got this whiskey. It is, uh, let's see, 45% alcohol by volume. This is a 750 milliliter bottle and it was priced at, So to me, my expectations are that it's not trash, but it really could go either way. You don't know what that price point. That's an excellent price point for the the everyday bourbon appreciator. Mm -hmm. That's a great place to be because you'll find really, really good stuff there and it's not going to break the bank. Exactly. So I've got it on the rocks. I've got it in my favorite whiskey glass. Um, Gonna give it a little bit of a smell. It's got a pretty strong smell. It's almost like singeing my nose hairs a little bit. I was uh, I shouldn't. Ooh! Yeah, it was, it was pretty surprising. Wow, it's got a potent potables for an aroma. Yeah, exactly. All right, I'm gonna take a taste. I do like the this first bottle. sip. Yeah, the bottle's great. Really tall bottle kind of barely fits uh, where I normally keep my whiskies. And but, it's like a guy with a with a bunch with like stuff growing out of his I'm not sure what it is it looks like it's either feathers or leaves or something yeah it looks like a Native American ceremonial headdress leave like feathers yes in place of a head right yeah curious as to who the artist is so the first taste I'm letting it sit with me a little bit first of all it's got the initial taste is pretty good I didn't I didn't think there was anything super unique about it. How it is sitting is a real calm but deep burn. Very deep. Like it's not in my throat. It's not even really in my chest. It is like the top of my stomach. Wow. That's like a deep purple song burn. That's how deep that burn is. So this is either the whiskey or I'm getting like some kind of acid reflex. I'm not sure, but (laughs) I I like it. Yeah, that's alarming when you get to the age where you actually have heartburn occasionally. I feel like the first time I had it, I thought I was dying. I'm like, oh, it's going to be a part of my life now. Ugh. Heartburn is not great. No. Uh, all right, I'm going to give it another sip. While well, you're, well, you're doing your second sip, I'm going to do a quick plug for my beer, which is I have a new beer now. It's called Blueberry Boyfriend. And it's, it's got a really funny... Cover I that. and it's a blueberry sour ale with lemon zest. It's quite good. If you're in the Chicagoland area, go get it. I don't think I've ever had any beer that was blueberry flavored. It's good. Uh, who makes it again? It is Prairie Artisan Ales in um McAllister, Oklahoma. Oklahoma, but I see it in I see this, this line of beers all over the Chicagoland area, so I don't know what to do with like that. Hmm. I don't think I've ever had like a, I don't know that I've ever had alcohol from Oklahoma. I assume they just had like moonshine, but if I got a decent beer, I won't hate the whole state forever. Right. I'm shocked. I didn't even, I thought this was going to be like on the north side of the city, like all the other Chicago beers are. Huh. All right. Second sip was similar to the first. I don't think it introduced any new notes. Let me, let me, uh, let me take that third sip and try to describe what's happening right up front. This is real work that you're doing here for the podcast. It's it's funny because it it it's a it has a little bit of burn, not a lot. Apart from that, it doesn't have like a ton of body to it. It's kind of a light taste as it goes into my mouth, but then it has no metallic tinge, which is sometimes I feel like that happens with the lighter taste. So you get like a note of metallic taste at the end, which I hate, but th- th- this does not have that problem. And then as it sits with me, it actually, f- it's like it has like a late arriving full body taste and mm. a lot of warmth, like more than I would expect uh, even from a bourbon. So I, I kind of like that. I like that you're still pondering so much after the third sip. That's a good sign. To me, that's a good sign for the whiskey. It has a lot going on. Yeah, and it has like just... Pretty, I don't think I was expecting a lot of depth. Maybe I had my own biases of it being a California whiskey and thinking like maybe a California whiskey wouldn't be all that good. But uh, I like this. So I'm going to put it on the smooth train. All right. Redwood Empire Pipe Dream Bourbon Whiskey bottled in good old Sonoma County, California is on the smooth train. It's picking up the the pieces from Screwball's failures yes no peanut butter taste in this one thank god um all right another one for the smooth train go ahead and get yourself some redwood empire uh but what we got to talk about for this episode are the best video games of the decade did you have any themes at all on your list um you know what i think the only theme really well actually no there's one theme yes i favored the games that I played the most and especially the ones that I still play because there's quite a few that I still play to this day. Yeah, that I, I'm trying to think if there are too many from this list that I still play. I actually don't think there are. Um, but there, there's just... Yeah, a decade of a lot of good games but a lot of variation. And for me, people might disagree with me but I actually don't have... Usually my list would be filled with like Mario and Zelda games but mm-hmm. it's really not for this decade. And I, I think... I mentioned it off air, but I think this is actually the decade I probably played the least amount of video games um, for large stretches of time. So it's there's a lot of things I'm missing, I'm sure, but I feel pretty good with where I landed. Yeah, I'm really I I have a lot to say about the games I did include. And I think that it was a great decade for games, but it's also I think our lists are going to be totally different, too, which is always good. I bet they will be, Uh, but we'll see. Uh, So without further ado, these are the best video games Our top five video games, I should say. That's the list, right? Yep. Uh, Our top five video games of the 2000s. More than four, less than six. It's the top five. All right, Mipin, what is your number five? My number five is a game for the Nintendo DS, which is one of my favorite handheld systems. And it's from 2009, Mario and Luigi, Bowser's Inside Story. Wow i never even heard of this game. And I never had a DS, but that makes me want to get it. You haven't even described the game, but just naming it makes me want to get it. You, it would honestly be worth it to get a DS just to play this game. That's how good the game is.
1: It's a oh. fantastic
0: game. It's like in the vein of, um, I think the, the gameplay derives all the way back to um, Super Mario RPG, which was on Super Nintendo and oh my god they, that like, game was amazing yeah and then so then that followed i don't know if there was sequels i think there might have been a sequel on super nintendo and then they jumped into handhelds so now there was like uh there was one game before it in the series on the ds and then this was the second and it's really hard to find i i had like added it to my wish list at amazon and it took me like two or three years to find it because it was it's like one of those games that just like I don't know why it's like really hard to find other than like the only listings would be for like $300. I was like, I'm not going to pay $300 for a DS game, but yeah. And I finally got a copy of it and replayed it again. It's just amazing. It's like really, really funny. And the gameplay is super smooth and and addictive. And it's a great handheld experience. Wow. All right. I, I mean, I don't love that. It was that hard for you to find, but I, one, I really love super Mario RPG or maybe it's just Mario RPG, on Super Nintendo. And I remember the games that were in that vein afterwards were kind of the Paper Mario games, but they weren't the same. Right. I think they morphed it to this, and then Paper Mario went a different path. But I, I would love it if a game was similar to that. I wonder if there's... I've been a little bit disappointed on the games that you can get on the Switch, in terms of, like, ports from older systems. Yeah. Like, I really want to try to play Zelda Twilight Princess because I've never played it before, but I can't get it on the Switch. Um, But and I'm guessing I'm not going to be able to get this game either if it's so hard to find already. No, it might be different now. This was a while ago that I was trying to do that. So I'll look. I'm probably looking for this, but okay, it might be more accessible now. Uh, Awesome. Number five. All right. My number five is Mario Kart Wii. From 2008, this actually was a really tough one for number five, because at first, this was not the Mario Kart I had on my list. The Mario Kart I had on my list was GameCube's Mario Kart Double Dash. Oh, yeah. Which I thought was a really inventive, cool Mario Kart, um, especially after Mario Kart 64. It's like, well, you got to figure out you know what you're doing after that. And I thought Double Dash really did a great job with that. So it was tough. The reason I went with Mario Kart Wii is simply because I played it a lot more. And it's a really good version of Mario Kart 2. And it's hard for me to have any kind of decade list without having a Mario Kart on it. I know you've you've always been a fan. Did I tell you that I got a Switch? No, I don't. Oh, you... Okay, you told me you got the... Did you get the just handheld one? I did, and then I got the... uh, then I also got the one that you can get <laughs> to your TV. And I have a bunch of games now, including Mario Kart, at least that I play. Nice. So you yeah, have like the Mario Kart 8 or whatever yeah. it's called. Yeah. That's a great one too. That would be on my next decade list for sure. Yeah. But I know you've been you've always been a Mario Kart fan. hmm Yeah, a lot of good Mario Kart games. I think I'd have to double check, but I I'm pretty sure Mario Kart Wii has a lot more courses than Double Dash too. But Again, I, I don't think there's been a, a big misstep in the Mario Kart universe ever that I know of. Yeah, they're a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, all right. What's your number four? My number four is my other Nintendo DS entry on my list, um, which is Pokemon Platinum. Oh, I've mean, I played, a, played a Pokemon game before, but not that one, I don't think. Yeah, it's from 2008. It was like the, um, the, the official release was Diamond and Pearl, and then they made like a game that combined both of them called Platinum and it is it's like the super Pokemon game from that generation where you can just get you can get Pokemon from like a ton of old games you can get both of the newer release games you can catch all of them and like the level design and the there's a way to play that game through perfectly that you can like find new like little notes about online if you search and it's like it takes hundreds of hours and I've done it a couple times because it's like so enthralling to do especially while you're doing other stuff because it's a little handheld game and it's just really fantastic as far as like the design of all the characters and the levels and stuff it's it's a lot of fun nice yeah I I remember really enjoying the Pokemon game I played I think it was one of the earlier ones it was like Pokemon red or blue or something like. yeah that. those were the first generation those are great those were like just on the Game Boy yeah just crazy to think about must have looked like crap <laughs> it was just yeah it was not color at all <laughs> the original ones were just black and white oh uh, man yeah i i think what's kind of crazy too is pokemon like still is going oh yeah like my niece and nephew know what it is i haven't played any of the ones after that i, I played platinum and it was that was it and i love i still I'm, I'm, every few years i'll go back and play it a little bit so i'm probably due for that pretty soon Nice. Um, my number four is. I don't know if this is a controversial pick, but I, I had to put it on this list because really, it's a multiplayer. I played quite a bit, um, and I had to double check it was even from this decade, and it was barely two thousand. Uh, but it's Perfect Dark. Oh, okay. Sixty-four. This game, first of all, it was it was hyped a lot, and it was hyped a lot because it was made by Rare, who did Goldeneye, yep. and the idea was that, you know, everybody loved the multiplayer of Goldeneye. This Perfect Dark is going to take it to the next level. And honestly, I think it did. I mean, it, it doesn't have the same... I mean, it doesn't have Goldeneye's... or the Bond universe's characters. Um, but I thought the multiplayer was really well done. All the different guns and courses were really well made. Uh, the single player of Perfect Dark was... I mean, it was pretty good, although it like goes off the flies off the handle pretty early because it's fun character design. And then everybody's an alien. by like the third level. And you're like, oh, OK, <laughs> they, had, they they lost their budget for the animation at that And they were like, let's yeah. b- make more aliens. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of was like that, I think. Um, and the game also like very clearly pushed. 64 as hard as it could go because I, I do remember like major frame rate problems if you had a lot of things going on in multiplayer yeah uh, but it's a good game and I just I, I remember playing it like the multiplayer like a lot and it was the last game in that vein that I thought I was any good at because the next thing like a year or two later Halo came out and I like I couldn't even play Halo without getting like destroyed so yeah, I was so so bad at Halo. Um. Yeah, I'm all for it perfect dark. Nice. I didn't play that one too much, but I like rares work. Yeah, I can say that for sure. Do they still exist? They're probably. Yeah. Dead. Or uh, they do? There? They went in house with Nintendo. I think they like got absorbed into their development, but I think they still have their own. I think it's still like its own entity. Because they did a lot of good stuff. I forgot they. They also did the Donkey Kong games, right? Yeah, and Banjo Kazooie yeah and killer instinct too yep yeah yeah they have some good ones uh all right what is your number what are we on three three what's your number three my number three is my favorite baseball game of all time mvp baseball 2005 for original xbox wow great pick i had mvp baseball 2003 on my honorable mentions 2005 it's actually sitting directly in front of me as are the Number two and number one on my list. Um, Taunting you. Yeah, because I still play it. It's like I can't, I never have been able to find a baseball game that is as complete and fun to play as that one. And the bonus of it is that if you get to, if I play as the Mariners in a franchise, you get not only Peak Ichiro with his really super high stats for all of the hitting. And fielding and throwing and running. But you get to pitch with Jamie Moyer in that insane circle change that was like a ninety-nine pitch. Ooh. So it's great. That's uh that's a fun I like Jamie Moyer a lot. Yeah. And obviously I like each row, but like I just Jamie Moyer felt like the kind of pitcher was like well, I guess anybody could be a pitcher, huh? Yeah. And he was like had such a long career. Yeah, he did. Oh, he was great. I wonder like what because I felt the need to, like, play a baseball video game, but I wouldn't know what to get. There is a new generation of, like, you know how the show comes out for the PlayStation mm-hmm. every year? They have, they expanded that franchise. I think MLB Advanced Media makes one for other systems. So you might be able to get it on Switch. I don't know. But there's also, like, uh, there's another game that you can get on Switch, too, but I can't remember the name of it right now. It's, like, more of an arcade Game okay. I heard had good reviews. So I've I've played my fair share of like baseball video games over the years. They're usually really fun. Yeah. I like the ones that are more serious sim type, which is why I like MVP. Same. Yeah. I even played a game. Well, it wasn't going to make my list, but I, I, I played a game briefly in college that a baseball game. That's not even you don't even play baseball in the game you just like draft and like build a team (laughs) out of the park. I think, Oh, it was out of the park. Yeah. Yeah. It was so fun. It is. It's great. That's why it's just like uh, pretending you're a general manager of a team, basically. Yeah. Um, All right. My number uh, three, this one took me a while because I had to figure out what version of this game I was playing the most, but uh, apparently it's number three. Um, and ranked third, Tony Hawk Pro Skater 3 from 2001. Oh, nice. Uh, And what I like about this game is um, it's the first one that really figured out how to join the combos. So you can have just kind of like infinite combos as you were going through a trick. Um, Really good courses. Uh, And they did a pretty good job. I think maybe two is the first one that had like created a course, but this one like took it to another level, uh, which I always really like to do. Um, And the Tony Hawk games are really fun. I mean, like sometimes I feel like I'm splitting hairs between one, two, three and four. Uh, But yeah, had to go with three played a a ton. um, And that's a great game. Absolutely. I love the Tony Hawk series. I have the number four on my honorable mentions four is really good too i think i was debating between three and four on which was going on this list but as i because my memory is so poor but as i was going through which courses were on each um in the sound actually the soundtrack is what helped me to yeah uh figure out which one was which i had to go with three good excellent choice what's your number two my number two is kind of a representative pick for the decade for the ser- a series that I love to this day, but I also think it is the best game from that series, which some people might disagree with. Grand Theft Auto 4 from 2008 on Xbox 360. Interesting pick. You like 4. 4 is so good. I've played it through five or six times, probably like the storyline is unbelievable. The gameplay is good. The characters are memorable. The voice acting is great. There's all this like side stuff that you can go do. If you want to really beat it like completely, it's just unbelievably great. Um, I love five. Five is also awesome. And I know that it spawned like an online and I like the earlier ones, but Mm -hmm. it's right in the sweet spot for me is like my favorite. Well, I remember about four is I felt like I'm sure you get used to it, but the driving was kind of hard. Yeah, it's a little quirky, like some of the cars suck and like the way that the braking works is a little bit weird, but you do get used to it. Like if you play it a lot, it's like it becomes just second nature of how it drives. Yeah, there are a lot of good Grand Theft Auto games uh, for sure. So no, great number two. Uh, My number two was on the PlayStation 2. And I just felt like this game, I had never played uh, another game from this series before. I don't even remember why I played this one, but I got really immersed in it to the point where I even sampled two songs from its soundtrack on different tracks that I made, but it's Final Fantasy X from 2001. Oh, nice. I just thought it was great. I hadn't really played like... Hardly, you know, outside of maybe like Mario RPG, I hadn't really played other RPGs like that. Um, and just the story was really interesting. And the soundtrack is like incredible. Um, and yeah, it was just really fun. Yeah, they have um, that series has really good soundtracks. And I also like I played Final Fantasy 8, which I think was like in the late 90s, like quite a bit. But I never played the ones in the in the 2000s, and I'm probably missing out. Yeah, I, I, I don't have much of a point of reference. Uh, all I know is that I played Final Fantasy X, and then I was like, wow, that was great. I missed out on this whole series. And the other one that I had heard of that other people liked was Final Fantasy VII. Right. So I, I went back and I played a little bit of that, but I actually never really got into it. Yeah seven is seven is the one that before i think ten has like you said a really good but before that everybody would talk about seven the most yeah yeah um all right we're down to it what's your number one my number one it's funny because it's like a sports game and not even like in any way probably probably like critically a great game but i've played it So much that it's embarrassing, it's NCAA Football 08. All right. (laughs) For Xbox, original (laughs) Xbox. I think it has the perfect sim engine of, like, you can just run all these different college teams. And the replay value is endless because you could start as a new team and just tweak the settings a little bit, and you go on a completely different path. Huh. it's unbelievable I, I still honestly play it like I was play I haven't played it in the last couple of weeks but I was playing it as recently as like June and it's from 2007 so I mean like it's unbelievable how much replay value that game has what who do you play as anybody like I just think like oh like my team back when I used to play these games more was Illinois I was always into like the fighting line I football but I could create a school and make like what if DePaul had a football team? And then you could pl- you can like place it in Chicago. You can get every, like it's an academic school. So it has like a lot of resources funneled to academics. You can do all this kind of customizing and like just simulate the whole season as a coach or a, a career as a coach. It's That's just awesome. like really fun, yeah. I, uh, I haven't played college games that much, but one year I did get like a college basketball game and I thought it was a blast. Yeah, they're fun. Um, the only conflict I have is the the whole college athletes should be um, compensated thing because the cover is funny it's got who is very clearly Jared Zebranski who was like the Boise State quarterback from the year before this was released but they just generified it enough to make it like they don't have to pay him. and I'm like good lord that sucks <laughs> yeah, that's that sucks. very lame but at, you know it's still I, like I said I still play I've probably played it for thousands of hours it's just ridiculous yeah, Boise State's the team that plays on a blue field, right? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Uh, all right, my number one, it's in this similar vein to your number two, but for me, is the best Grand Theft Auto, uh, and that's Grand Theft Auto San Andreas, mm. 2004. Great. I, I think this is definitely the Grand Theft Auto. I played Grand Theft Auto 3 a lot, too, but what I really like about San Andreas is... Uh, I mean, a lot of things, but I think the number one thing is it, I'm, people can correct me if they think I'm wrong, but I don't think I am. I think it has the best map um, by a lot. Yeah, it and does have a good map. It, it does like a really cool job of combining uh, basically LA, San Francisco, and I think like Vegas ish. Um, and it's just, it does that really well. It's got an interesting story. Um, and I, maybe it's maybe it's not the last one before grand theft auto 4 but it like it takes the engine of grand theft auto 3 and i think gets it to that perfect level of where it can be mm-hmm. uh, i just yeah i really liked it a lot yeah i think it's, it's kind of funny you, you start with like humble beginnings too at the very beginning of the game you're like on a like a bmx bike <laughs> yeah you're like, oh, that was always stuff. stressful because you <laughs> yeah. have to ride that around in like traffic to do missions i was like <laughs> yeah that's a rough start uh but yeah the uh i I just feel like as a somebody who really likes geography too it's just uh i think i love the the map of it is really great and it makes me want to replay it now that i actually live in california uh to see how they kind of do san francisco uh which i don't know la particularly well or las vegas at all but um yeah i'd like to revisit it and see what it kind of looks like I bought the I bought like a um, souped up version of it on like Xbox One to play it, and it was the I think it was just the port was poorly done, but it was like unplayable. That was that's like one of the only reasons I didn't include that one because I love that game too. But I could still go back and play Grand Theft Auto Four. But I tried to play San Andreas recently, and I was like, it was so clunky to me that I couldn't, and I was depressed. Huh. It. But I think that I might just be. Yeah, the version of it that I got, like, so you don't have Xbox Ones, so you don't have to worry about it, but like, don't get that version. <laughs> if got to Get it. Yeah. Uh, I'll probably just wait for. Well, I don't know if I'll ever really Grand Theft Auto again. Maybe I will. Is there a newer one? What are they on now? They they made five, which is a lot of fun, and then they that spawned this one called GTA Online, which is the Grand Theft Auto five. Gameplay and all that stuff, but they just keep like updating online uh, missions and adding to it that way, which I know is really popular. A lot of people play it, but I'm not into that. I like playing, you know, contained games. So yeah, but they ever do like multiplayer? Yeah, they have it for GTA Online, huh? And you can play them. A lot of people I know play it on PC instead of a okay system itself, like when like Windows uh, games now, like. Integrate really well with Xbox, so I've seen a lot of people do that, where they just get like a computer hooked up to a TV and play nice. on their on their. Like, I can on their see PC. that being fun, fun multiplayer. Yeah. Um. All right. What are some of your honorable mentions for games? I have a, a few. Um, you mentioned Tony Hawk, so I have Tony Hawk Four. I also really liked Prince of Persia: The Sands of Time for Xbox from two thousand three and god of war for ps2 in 2005 those are both really fun like adventure platformer type games um guitar hero as you know was a favorite series of mine back then i put guitar hero 5 as my honorable mention because it had like all the songs that i liked in it and it mm-hmm. was one of the last ones that came out in 09 crackdown for xbox 360 is like a really fun uh open world um, kind of like GTA style game but it's a lot of fun to just kind of like progress through the game and upgrade your character uh, back, Batman Arkham Asylum for Xbox 360 came out in 09 fantastic game for like really big Batman nerds because it's like you can just collect info about all the characters and learn about the whole lore of it um, couple- I saw that game on a lot of lists I'm kind of curious to play that yeah it's fun it's really fun that's another one that i go back and play every so often because it like stands up really well the gameplay um i had a couple gamecube entries metroid prime and eternal darkness both came out in 02 they're both really really um fun and also similar kind of like dark and eerie games Mm -hmm. that are that are a lot of fun to play and my last one is another nintendo ds age of empires the age of kings another one i play to this day like super, like to me, the perfect turn-based strategy game um, on a handheld, which is fun to just pick up and kill time with if you ever need it. Nice. What was the version of Guitar Hero that you played when we lived on Bissell? That would have, when we lived on Bissell, I was playing like the first couple. I was playing like 1, 2, and 3 okay. around that. Do you know, I the one, the one I remember the most had like uh, Killer Queen, and it had Yeah Yeah Yeahs, Maps. Yeah, I think that was I think that was three because it had songs from like Rocks the Eighties, and like bonus songs on it. And I think it was three. That was the first one where they did that. Okay, all right. I'm putting that on my honorable mentions though, because there's no way I was going to figure out which Guitar Hero it yeah. was. Uh, but I also had Grand Theft Auto Three, Wii Sports. Gotta love the bowling controversial pick maybe angry birds okay uh i mentioned mario kart double dash already and of course guitar hero 3 and rock band and mvp baseball 2003 Uh, i also really like new super mario brothers Wii, which maggie and i played quite a bit and it was like side scroller but multiplayer but we played like every version of that game that's existed since um and they're great i gotta check that out i missed that one yeah, and uh, then the other one from 2000, which I actually never quite finished, but is a good game, is uh, Legend of Zelda: Majora's Mask. That was one. Of, that wasn't one of my favorite Zelda games, but I may have not given it a chance because I was obsessed with Ocarina of Time so much. I mean, it was different. It was like obviously very same engine, came out not that long after Ocarina of Time, and it was pretty dark. Um, yeah, and just a kind of a different Zelda game there. But yeah, it's it's tough because I I played a little bit of Wind Waker and I didn't really get into it, and then I didn't Same here. Play any other Zelda game from that decade. Yeah, I have I have Twilight Princess for Wii, and I've been it's in its wrapping, and I've been meaning to play it for so long, and I just never have. If you do end up playing it, let me know because I've heard very, I've looked at like some best of Zelda lists. Some of it have Twilight Princess very high, and then some don't at all. Oh, okay. so I'm, I'm kind of wondering yeah Um, All right. well to folks at home if you have video games that you like from the 2000s go ahead and hit us up Uh, our twitter feed is at whiskey sessions or you can email us at whiskey sessions music at gmail.com and we will read your email on a future episode but without further ado let's get to them these are your emails you sent us emails to read emails and now we'll read them All right, what do we got in the old email inbox? I have a business proposal. The whiskey, (laughs) the whiskey whiz ski. It's a ski with so many shots of whiskey attached to it that when you drink them all, you have to take a major whiz. I've been shopping this around my local area to very little interest. How much would you like to pay me for the idea? And it's just signed Barnaby. Just Barnaby. Yeah. I mean, the idea is... It's a shot ski right so it but, kind of already exists and then the yeah. new part he added is not good <laughs> it's not good <laughs> it's a way it's a way it's a play on words that I appreciate but it's also he could have just called it that and still had it be a shotski but he's trying to make it so that it's like punishing you for participating yeah you know I don't think I'm gonna pay him anything for this idea yeah I think our answer is zero dollars <laughs> Sorry Barnaby. I mean it, yeah. I appreciate I appreciate anybody that comes to us with business ideas because more than anything, we know our whiskeys, we know our music, we definitely know our 2000s video games. But we really know our we our business acumen is like through the roof. Speaking of our 2000s video games, I forgot one. Def Jam Vendetta sitting in front of me. It's from 2003. Is that for a, GameCube? I've never played that. I don't understand that. It's a rapper wrestling game. It's a wrestling game where you wrestle as DMX, Ludacris, Method Man, Nori, Redman, Scarface, WC and many more. And it's great. Wow. Okay. Kind of want to try that. All right. I've got another email that says, uh, it's referring to our last episode where we covered the top, our top five albums of the two thousands It says, wow, not one mention last episode of the best album to come from the 2000s. Limp Bizkit's Chocolate Starfish and the Hot Dog Flavored Water? I guess I'll keep rolling, rolling, rolling to a more respectable podcast. And this is from Frederick in Jacksonville, Florida. I knew it was him. I knew it. Yeah. That's like There's only the really one person album, that man. can send that, that email. <laughs> yeah. And it's not Wes or whatever the other guy's name was from Limp Bizkit. It was Fred Durst himself. Yeah i'm not saying it is him i'm not saying it's not it just says frederick from jacksonville florida okay i really hate limp Bizkit. yeah it's kind of like we had mentioned in the last episode There was a lot of good hip-hop albums there were a lot of good kind of like uh i don't know dance electronic type rock albums probably some good metal ones in there and definitely some good folk albums but it was also the tail end of that like rack rock rap rock like crap POD, Stained. Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, oh, uh, Saliva. How do you remember that one? Oh. Yeah, a lot, a lot of crap in there. Creed. They're not rap rock, but they're just crap rock. No. I had like Lit, Some41. Oh, I like Lit. That was Steel oh, by Sunshine. Lit was or no, no, my own worst enemy. Yeah, that's Len. Yeah. Len is also good, though. They're from <laughs> Canada. <laughs> yeah, Len, I'm cool with. Yeah. Um, all right. So, folks at home, if you want to send us an email, we'll read it on a future episode. You can, again, send that to whiskey sessionsmusic at gmail.com. Um, but that does it for episode 117, our Jonas Valanciunas episode. B Pimp, do you have any words of wisdom to leave our listeners with? You can steal my sunshine, like Len. I th- wait, does he say you can steal my sunshine or you can- don't steal my sunshine. Don't steal it. But you can. I'm, t- I'm saying you can. Okay. Because I like Len. Okay. I'm being so positive. Len can steal your sunshine or anybody can steal your sunshine? Just Len. And actually, they don't even say you can't. They just say if you steal my sunshine. Yeah, and I'm saying they should. Okay. All right. People, go ahead. Steal your sunshine. Wait. Yep. Steal Brian's sunshine. Don't steal yes. my sunshine. No, I'll take... I'll And Super Mario has some sunshine to spare, too. Definitely. That was a game from this decade that we didn't even mention. Correct. Wow. Sorry, Super Mario Sunshine. Sorry. But Len, not sorry, because you could steal my sunshine. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> if you steal it, you can steal it. Yep. Uh, all right. Until next time, this is Matt saying peace out. And be pimp. Bye.